When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Clark Schmidt here, pitcher for the New York Yankees, and you are listening to the boys of 161st Street, the greatest Yankee podcast in the world. Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> What's so oh, funny? Geez. Just everything. All right, welcome back. That was a little loud. Sorry, over. <laughs> yeah, get your bearings right. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, uh, episode two one, the reboot. Um, just a, a forewarning to everybody listening to this. I know it's not Monday. I know we said it was going to come out on Monday. It's Wednesday when we're recording. It's going to put it out on Thursday. Uh, Chandler's mic is barely working, holding on for dear life, but we uh, we're doing this. So we're back. I mean, did we ever leave? Yeah. Did the Yankees just suck? No, we left. We, uh, we I guess 100% left. I was debating even saying, like, that was addressing the, biggest the fact Irish... that we left. Sorry. No, yeah, no, go ahead. I mean, it, no, totally. And we apologize for that. Um, we just got really busy uh, with life. So basically what we're going to do to open this episode up is to go through Everything that has happened since the last time we recorded. Um, and just one note, like we did debate not addressing anything at all and just saying, you know, as I said in the last episode, but we are <laughs> a year better ago. than that. Yeah, just like I said last time. Uh, just like I said know. last time, Derek Jeter, one World Series MVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, exactly. So everything that has happened since the last episode, <laughs> both in the Yankees' life and ours and whatever. Starting right now. Juan Soto is a Yankee. Stroman becomes a Yankee. Yamamoto and Otani go to the Dodgers. Murph got engaged. Luke got married. Chandler moved twice and lost his microphone, evidently. Damon is in, <laughs> in, a, is in a domestic partnership for insurance purposes. Uh, more on that later. Netflix cracked down on sharing your best friend's brother's account. Uh, I'm upset about that. Elon bought Twitter or X. Damar Hamlin came back to life. Texas Rangers win the World Series against the D-backs. That's kind of crazy. If you came out of a coma and you heard that those two teams played in the World Series, uh, <laughs> if, if we were basically like, I mean, essentially what we were, so we were like Walt Disney frozen the in time. That our, uh, that yeah. Our podcast stopped. Yeah. Garrett Cole won Cy Young. Rodon sucked. So we're going to debate that going forward, I guess. Yankees missed the playoffs for the first time since like, I don't even fucking know when. The Orioles got good. Jason Dominguez was amazing, then got hurt. Uh, Yankees changed their jerseys barely. There's a post. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the vintage jerseys, which basically like just that. removed. It removed the uh, the outer border on the away jerseys. It went from white to just all blue. Um, that is everything that happened, at least to my knowledge. I don't know if you guys wanted to add anything to that, but just uh, in case you guys were also encapsulated in 
uh, ice for the last year, basically, and wanted to get your recap on the Yankees. That was basically it. Oh, Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson got cut. That was pretty it's spirit of picking up where we what, left. Is there Donaldson? anybody? Wait, hold on. Can we can we go back? Is there anybody still on the Sun? Like, is that every everybody that was on the Sun is Oof. off the team, right? What a good question. Let's see. We gotta I'm go sure back to the archives anybody. and figure that out. As of, as of what April last year, Chapman's gone. Donaldson's gone. Mm-hmm. Hicks is gone. Brooks Christie's been long gone. Uh, what a name. Yeah. Just kidding. That was, that yeah, was, you're not going to hear this anywhere else. These are some deep IKF, cuts. This is not deep was he cuts. on there? The yeah. only deep cut there was Brooks Kersky. The others were a fucking $40 million failures. They were they were staples yeah, of our, yeah, our yeah, lineup at that You're not going to hear time. names like Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson on just any podcast. That's why you got to tune into this one. So you can <laughs> hear some true original thought that we hate Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson. Uh, If you guys have nothing else to add to that, let's just jump right into the first topic here. On the note of one of these things with uh, Stroman becoming a Yankee, um, just before we get into that, everybody I think is on the same page here or their thoughts on Stroman was that he sucks and he's kind of a dick with the media. He's kind of a, not a keyboard warrior, but like the athlete version of that, that he's a lot of talk and then he just plays shitty or very mediocre baseball. Um, I don't know how you guys now feel. I guess first and foremost, do you agree with what I just said? No. no. Yeah, so I was pissed about not only him but also Verdugo. Like, I, just as people, didn't seem like I really was on board with them. Verdugo, I guess, still remains to be seen, but Stroman's changed my mind pretty quickly. I'm pretty fired up about it. I didn't think he would want to be in, on the Yankees necessarily. Didn't know he'd be, like, really buying into that the way he has. Really happy to see that. Verdugo, who knows? I'm yeah, same here. Boston, and so and I will just one thing before I let you go, Chandler. Of all the free agents that we've got, I mean, we had to have gotten the most, or I get the the people that are treated the worst by the facial hair policy. I mean, and oh, also yeah. and also Dude, the if, Blake, if Snell Blake Snell rumbles. Yeah. Blake Snell looks like I don't even killer. know what did I say in the chat? Like a serial penis, killer, but like a serial killer. Just not doing any favors to any of these people, but I mean, back on the Stroman thing, I do think him being this fired up is getting me a little bit more fired up, as as fired up as you can be with a guy that's probably going to be either the three or the four, depending on if Snell comes in. And if that's the case, yep. if he's a three or the four, I'm, I'm perfectly happy Dude, with that. I mean, like, that's, well, that's what he was always supposed to be, and it's like whether it's whether he's going to be a serviceable three or four or whether he's going to be dog shit and have a you know, a five year A. I think you guys like forget who Marcus Stroman is. Like, yes, he's a piece of shit. He's really annoying, but like, he's a pretty damn good pitcher. My my concerns are yeah, but he, he never seemed like he never seemed like a Yankee to me. No, he's not know, in the traditional I mean, sense. He wasn't. He's no. But none like of, in, none the, of the people, in the way this team's getting thrown together, I think he fits. Nobody on this team is like that, and that's something we bitched about for years. Like, is that we had no personality and no attitude. I mean. You sign these guys like Marcus Stroman. Look at his last. Uh, I'll just run down his stats: three nine five last year, three five zero the year before, three zero two the year before, three seven seven two nine six. His last bad year was in two thousand eighteen. So like, and then from there he dropped back into the threes. Had one in the low fours. Like, I know ERA is not everything, but I like had a snapshot. That's he's a pretty serviceable pitcher. I'm yeah. worried about his injuries. Like if he gets if, hurt, if you're four pitchers, but. And that and that's stop the me if you've heard anybody. that before with the Yankees. <laughs> but if your four, if your four guy has an under four ERA, and he pitches eighty percent of his scheduled starts, nothing wrong. 
Nothing wrong with that. That's fair. Yeah, I'm just I'm a little worried about him pitching at Yankee Stadium though. I'm not, he's I think that I know pitcher. like stats of stadium. Yeah, but also I know like stats of stadiums aren't the most accurate thing to look at. But I'm more more so talking about him like getting in his own head, having a bad game, fans ripping him ripping him apart, and then just losing it. So you're not talking so much about pitching at Yankee Stadium as pitching in New York. Um. Yeah. I mean, his stats at Yankee Stadium aren't anything or are, are not good. Like, I think he has like an a, almost a five year array at Yankee Stadium pitching. But I'm more so talking about. I think he's gonna get a little in his head, have a bad game, and then just like fans rip him apart, and then it's gonna be an endless cycle. All That's what I, I hope it's I, all it yeah. takes is one. I agree with you. I think that he's he could easily snowball and spiral, and he I feel like he has in the past. I I, I don't know if I'm making that up or not, but I feel like he definitely has. Does it seem? Teams. Does it usually seem worse than it is, though? Because like I was kind of under the impression Maybe. that he has been terrible the last three, four years, and to what Chandler just said, really not as bad as I thought. So, is it going to be one of those deals where we think he sucks, but really, by the end of the season, he's sub four? If he gives you yeah. a yeah. four, yeah. Well, if he I, runs out there at like and throws her a fine. four two ERA as your four starter, like that's perfectly fine. Like I. That's better He's than... filling the void of what I what I think the the Jordan Montgomery role was for us of years past. But mm-hmm. when, the, when the last time we did this podcast, um, that's what I'm refer- referencing. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, as a move in general, I like it a lot. I think I'll like it a lot more if we get Snell. I'll leave it at I was, that. I was going to move we... into that. So, cool. if we want to talk about that now, what do you think the odds are? I mean, I know I'll set the stage here because I judge. Being the captain saying that he thinks there's, there's going to be another move. Obviously, he's talking about Blake Snell because there's rumblings that we're the, the leaders. There's an offer on the table. I mean, I don't know how much – like, how much do you read into that? None. I mean, you have to read into it a lot because it's February. But, um, you know, I, I think a move doesn't necessarily mean Snell. But I think it does mean pitching. I'll leave it there. I mean, I hope, I hope it means Snell, but, like, his – something's got to give there. And I, I just like, I feel like he's more suited for the West coast. I feel like somebody like the angels would pay him out of desperation and just way overpay. Uh, especially if you're trying to work out an extension with Soto and Glaber possibly, and all these other people, I like, I want to believe it's true. I'm buying into the hype wholly because it makes me happy. But like at the end of the day, does it make a ton of sense? Like, I don't know. I hope it does. I hope it comes true. That'd be great. That would be an amazing sign. What? What are? I mean, like there weren't that many teams that were even in the in the contention for landing him, though. And we made him a pretty meaty offer. Us, San Francisco, and somebody else. In L.A., Angels, uh, not Dodgers. And usually a, a dark horse team. I mean, you never really know who's putting offers in. And I think the one thing with our offer is, like, do you think he'll accept a? A, a very short-term high AAV deal. They're talking one year, $35 million. Yeah, and that's what I would like the Yankees to give him, and I'm happy if they do that. If it's more than that, with all of these extensions or extension opportunities or lack thereof waiting in the wings, I don't know if I would want to do that. And another question that I want to ask you guys is, do you even think, like Blake Snell, in years past, actively hated the Yankees? Do you think he wants to go to New York? Or he does he, he not, doesn't care because of the money? That he wanted to be a Yankee. That is so crazy to me. Like, am I making that up that he was, like... I don't think he was maybe. necessarily against the Yankees. He was just 
uh, you know, a competitor with with a team that we're rivals with. You know, that's him and Aaron Judge are yeah. also best. And that rivalry at that time it's was not so like Griffey crazy. Who yeah. refused to play in New York? You know, it's nothing like yeah. that. Yeah, that's fair. Can we also give a collective fuck you to John Heyman for saying the Yankees are not even contenders? Contenders like for for the World Series. Yeah, I think he said I mean, even we if we – I correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong. He he literally came out an article like this week or last week saying that they're not contenders. They did miss the playoffs, so in as I, many I mean, words. yeah, but they also were it is, hurt inside. So, but they basically he I mean, they're hurt the essence of the article is that they didn't do enough to become contenders. I have a question. You signed the best hitter in baseball. If you sign Blake Snell, who do you bump from the rotation? For me, it makes the most sense to bump Nestor Cortez, make him kind of a swing man, like long relief guy. I think they respect him too much and they would bump Clark, but I think Clark gives you way more upside. So, also, you're going to have three lefties if you don't bump him. Um, And Nestor's done that role before, that jackknife role. That was where that came from to begin with. Um, There's stretches of the season where you – it would kind of behoove you to have six starters, especially with the injury history we have. So if you delegate Nestor to the bullpen, he's obviously still probably going to get ten starts, five, ten starts. I think they just have too but much I see, respect. I, see where I think they respect him too much. I think he's way too big of a clubhouse guy at this point. He's way too much of a you know tenured, gritty, whatever you want to call him. Yankees been there for a long time. He's fought for everything he's had. I really like. I have a hard time believing they do that, especially with how they've treated uh, Clark in the past. You know, moving him up and down. He was their top yeah. pitching prospect. Kind of spoiled him. And you know, left a sour taste in his mouth before last year, really getting some run. But I, I don't know. I, it just—I feel like if anybody could graciously fall into that role, though, with the respect that he's earned, it would be Glaber. What? Or Nestor? <laughs> Sorry, the mustaches are throwing me off. Yeah, but it's tough. To, it's tough to do that when Nestor has proved himself in that position. Clark really hasn't. Agreed. But that's another thing that's why you play spring training. Agree, disagree. You know, Agree to disagree. One you guys of them, probably know yourselves. one of them gets hurt next week, you know. We'll see. But how this you mentioned goes. you mentioned, you know, our odds of winning the World Series and adding, you know, nothing to move the needle, so to speak, in the in the eyes of John Heyman. I think I'm just looking at the MVP odds, it's kind of interesting. I mentioned this before we started recording, but like pretty cool to see Aaron Judge at plus five fifty and Juan Soto at plus six hundred being the one and two. Uh, favorites to win MVP, and they're going to be back, hitting back-to-back. I mean, ju- I know Judge wants to hit three, and I think that's an interesting conversation we can open up here, too, if you guys want to. But Sorry, uh, back to Heyman. The article headline, Yankees still can't be taken seriously as World Series contenders, published two days ago. Sorry. I mean, it, I mean on, on one hand, that. On, I mean, on one hand, we did miss the playoffs. On the other hand, we added Juan Soto. So I, I don't know. There's not enough information, I think. So there's well, a lot of yeah, variables I mean, the... that need to go into them playing well and, you know, who who do they get right now? It's Snell and whatever. Like, there's a lot that can change and not enough historical data to look at right now to to make that claim. I think he just wanted clicks. Yeah, but he's been like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have much. I mean, it's, I mean, he's he's hated by Yankee fans anyway, so he's just, he's yeah, just digging he's a bigger hole. There, he's like starting with Snell. And then, and then he was talking about getting Montgomery back and Dylan Cease. Not gonna happen. 
I mean, I think as things happy. stand today, it's eh, maybe not equally as far-fetched that we win a World Series as miss the playoffs, but, like, we're banking on everybody to be healthy. We're banking on bounce-back years from DJ LeMahieu, from John Carlos Stanton, from, you know, for Volpe to take the next step, for Dominguez to come back healthy, for Verdugo to come in and be great. Like, not great, but good. You know what I mean? There's, like, there's a lot of what like, else? And you're banking on Carlos Rodon oh. to come back and be healthy. You're banking on Clark Schmidt to take a step forward. There's a lot, a lot of what-ifs. I'm not saying it can't happen. But other than I'm getting not... Yamamoto, what could they have done differently? There isn't a whole lot that they would have put have done... them in a better spot for the offseason. Yeah, I'm I don't think that's really the question to be asking. I think that I think the question is like they are they a good enough team? Like it's not what could they have done? Like they didn't make the playoffs. This is so. like... well, that's what, yeah, I mean that's what <laughs> the article was. That's why you brought it. They brought in Juan Soto. They brought in Marcus Stroman. Right. They brought in Alex Verdugo. But the point I'm making is like. Even before they made these moves, they were clearly like several, several pieces away from being a World Series contender. So, yes, you've addressed some needs. You've filled some massive holes. You signed arguably the best or traded for arguably the best player in baseball. But like there were a shitload of holes that made you miss the play. You missed the fucking playoffs for the first time in what? Yeah, but look at our opening. Look at opening day last year. We had Aaron Hicks in the lineup. We had Josh Donaldson in the lineup. But we we could be saying the same thing this year. Like, oh my God, we had. We said, oh, we said, oh, they turned around and they just ran it back with the same team. They didn't do anything. They just re-signed Judge. That's the only thing they could do. This year, I got the feeling that they were trying to make an improvement. They did make an improvement. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they didn't make an improvement. No, but I'm saying we can't bank on last year on the no playoff thing and say that they didn't get substantially better by signing one of the three best hitters in baseball. Again, I never said we didn't get substantially better. All I said was they were more than one piece away. Like, it, there's nothing. Oh, great. Like, they could yeah. come in the offseason and, I, like, shy of signing every single free agent. Like, they were a shitload of pieces away. Juan Soto is incredible. He's going to make this lineup better. They should win more games this year. But you're still an impact arm away from being a World Series favorite. Like, to be taken – in consideration the same way that you look at the Dodgers. Like you need one more impact arm. You need another sure thing in the bullpen. Probably like the bullpen looks pretty good. Like there's a bunch of unknowns there too, but you know, I I think the bullpen will be fine. The rotation looks solid, not amazing. The lineup looks pretty good. And if you, if people bounce back to even, like above average, like if DJ Mayhew returns to 280 hitter, not a you know MVP candidate, but he's good. Stanton doesn't follow up his worst year of his career with another worst year of his career, then we're in good shape. But like, if these people that are trending in the wrong direction continue to trend in the wrong direction, like, how much does that counteract the Juan Soto move? Like, one guy is one guy. He's arguably the best hitter in our generation, but like, it's one guy. So I think what Soto did was kind of give – I think Soto really helped out the outfield and in a lesser sense for Dugo in the way that if Stanton really does fall apart this year, you can reasonably take him out of the lineup. Are you going to, though? Have the Yankees ever shown a willingness – I think now they will. Have they ever shown a willingness to take out guys that are making a lot of money? And if they do take them out, do they do it in time? It took a year and a half of Josh Donaldson flailing so that's... to do it. Like. 
That's the question for sure. But like and now how that much, you have, how much does I was gonna say how much does him losing weight like buy him more time? No, because I feel like out. that that I think it buys him a little bit of time to be honest. Because I think it shows his willingness to like yeah to make it happen and and change himself and change his swing and all that stuff. And I think and I'm not saying that I am buying him more time or I'm giving him more time because of that. But I think the Yankees probably will. I mean, it you shows think he lands that he's on not the just kind of rolling over and dying. It probably. Absolutely, yeah. I'll bet money on that one. I would like to just say also, so, I, I, like, I'm not saying it was a bad offseason. Like, I would say it's an A offseason. I'm just saying we were more than one good offseason away from magically turning into a World Series favorite. I have no complaints with the right. offseason. They did a fucking awesome job. This is everything we could ask for and then more. Like, nobody ever thought that Brian Cashman, that fucking bald bastard, could pull off a Juan Soto trade. But he did. Ecstatic. Over the moon. But I still don't know that we were one piece away. I hope we are. I hope I'm eating my words. But I'm so just trying to play devil's advocate. Would you still say that, though, if the Dodgers... Say say Yamamoto went to a third party. Say he went to San Francisco or something. Would we still be saying that? Because I feel like... Yes our offseason, we were on a high and then all of a sudden the Dodgers went nuts. And I feel like it kind of made our offseason look worse than it is. I don't care what other yeah, we, we were on a relative like, we were on a relative high because like Chandler's saying and like the John Heyman article is, is saying, like they weren't a good team. They missed the playoffs and they did make all of the moves that they could have made with the exception of not of not bringing in Yamamoto and like I don't think that like that pushes them from like a sixty percent to like a 75% or something like whatever it is for lack of a better way of explaining it. But like your argument is saying they made all the right moves. We're saying that same thing. So is John Heyman, I'd assume, but there really wasn't enough to push them over the top to make them like surefire contenders, at least in the eyes of the rest of the league. I think, you know, if all of those things that Chandler said break right for them or some of them do and not all of them go the wrong direction, then absolutely they could be, World Series contenders, and that's how we felt going into last year. So I don't think anything's changed other than the fact that they now have Juan Soto and a few other pieces that actually might be pretty helpful. I think, honestly, Verdugo, I'm like, he looks like shit with no beard, but I think I'm a little <laughs> bit more excited about him and what he brings. Like, from a defensive point of view, I haven't looked at his sabermetrics, but I, I, from what I've seen when he was on the Red Sox, he was making some nice catches and he was a de- pretty decent leadoff hitter. So I think in the interim, if DJ decides to not play baseball anymore and they don't want to bring up Volpe to the leadoff spot, I think he could definitely be Isn't a – like, I could see him getting in the mix for a leadoff. Didn't he get pulled what? for, like, not running to first? Or am I thinking of somebody No, else? that's him. So, like yeah. – Who hasn't? Yeah. I mean, I've been there. <laughs> Glaber's done that. Who the fuck hasn't done that? Yeah, but I, I understand I, everyone's I could see base. him turning into <laughs> – He, he can't run to first base. But I, I agree with you, Ral. Like, I feel like, you know, obviously Juan Soto is the biggest addition, but I feel like it's almost more important for the deduction of guys like Donaldson and Hicks and the addition of uh, utility guys like Verdugo and LeMahieu getting back to it. Like, that that's the, what I, I think is the, was the biggest, you know, hole that, that was missing there. Like, you, you saw Hicks and Donaldson get up and they're automatic outs. Every, yeah, we just need those ancillary pieces to not be automatic that's a, outs. And that's, yeah, that's like, I think, the formula. And I think I am a little bit – I mean, maybe it's just new bodies in, in the room, and that's making me a little bit more optimistic than having, you know, Hicks and Donaldson back, which, I mean, I th- you can't fault me for that. Like, that, they were fucking terrible. Time to cut ties with that. It, and even if they 
decided to turn it around. I mean, just they're they were defeated. Like they're they get those guys out of the locker room. It's a cancer to the locker room because it makes everybody else play worse probably. And like the, I don't know. I, I think I'm a little bit more excited. I mean, just a lefty, if anything, having Verdugo in the lineup, I know we, we used to have like nine righties in a lineup. So it's nice to at least be mixing it up with him and Soto now. Say, so we have really good I'm curious. in the lineup for the first time in a long time. Like, Again, don't I don't want you to take anything that I was just saying as like I'm not excited and I think this team's destined for failure. I'm just saying that like there are still moves to be made. There's more that this team's gonna need if they want to be consistent contenders for more than one year. Like that's all I'm getting at. But I, there's this is the most balanced this lineup's had since fucking what two thousand pick a year. Like don't say nine. I'm not gonna say nine. But I mean look, yeah. you got you got I agree. lefty, Verdugo, lefty, Rizzo, lefty, Wells, lefty. There's four lefties right there. That's not bad. But not even just lefties. You have guys that aren't just home run or bust. Like, bringing Soto into the lineup is the biggest thing for the Yankees because he's going to be setting up Judge. They can't just pitch around Soto to get to Judge, and it's a lefty-righty. So if they bring in the righty to get to face uh, ju- like to face Judge, they have to face Soto more than likely. It's just it's very interesting. And, I mean, just having him and not having Judge. I mean, remember when Judge was – just on the the home run chase and everything like that and like they just didn't have to pitch to him because one the games didn't really matter that much and two nobody was there around him that was they were anybody was scared of so they just pitched around him so now at least you have Soto in front of him or behind him wherever they want to do that judge is going to see a lot more pitches to the point where I honestly think we were talking about the MVP odds like judges is honestly in a better spot to win MVP than he did this last time he won MVP because he's got better people around him and Soto the same thing goes for him. I think, I mean, it's just, it's nice to have that. And I've been saying this for a while on this podcast, as I said in the last episode, um, I thought that, was like <laughs> that good, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I did. It was a professional segue, but I, I just, I like the players like Soto. And I know that sounds obvious because Soto is one of the generational talents we've seen in a long time. But I mean, even if he didn't suck, even if he didn't play that well, and he was just like this type of player, the guy who doesn't just hit home runs or busts and, he actually makes good contact and doesn't swing and miss a lot. Like that's the player that I would prefer to see, at least when you have a lot of guys like Stanton and Judge that do that. You want to to cut it up a little bit. So that's that's. I'm really I'm excited. And honestly, I, one one last thing I want to say that like just to make everybody realize that we don't like just hate the Yankees and all that stuff. The the and, and the moves that they made quite literally brought this podcast back from the dead. So. I think that's something to be said about our excitement level about this this year and what we're going to see heading in. So, yeah, very excited. Cautiously optimistic is how I think I would put this this offseason. I'm very, oh, I'm very hurt again. There's no doubt about excited it. about year two of Anthony Volpe. I'm really, really, really excited for the for, first mm-hmm. full year of Austin Wells. I think Austin Wells can be the best hitting catcher we've had in – God knows how fucking long. So, like, I, he, his potential to me is over the moon. I'm so excited to watch him play. If he can turn into the lefty bat that he's projected to be, like, that's going to be a massive boost to the back end of that lineup. Like, I, that's one of the guys that I – obviously, I'm excited about Juan Soto. Obviously, I'm excited about Eric Judge. Obviously, I'm excited about Glaber Torres. But Austin Wells, if he can come in there and really seize the catcher job, he can, you know, be a seven eight hitter that's living up somewhat to his potential, like that's gonna be a night and day difference in that lineup. And he's lefty too. He's lefty. Agreed. Yeah, I knew we weren't gonna really get to him today, so 
Hopefully we can talk about him a little bit more in depth next week, but I'm excited to see him as well. Who are our other options at catch up? Jose Trevino. Trevino. That's it. And Ben Rovert. 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 Roadhouse. Yeah, I cannot believe he's on the roster. Roadhouse. I still remember we were like, we were like kind of excited about him when he was in the because no, we wasn't in yeah, the, uh, he was fucking ripped. He was just ripped. That's why. Yeah. No, and I liked Roadhouse, but he was absolutely shredded. So I thought he would he would do something. But I mean, we had we see what happened. No, he's been hurt. He's been hurt for like two years. I mean, we also had yeah. Higgy Trevino, who Jose Trevino won, was an All Star the year that. Robert was brought in. Robert, goddamn it! Yeah, but he never really could hit, and that's kind of what we're looking for in in Wells. So uh, before we record next, we've got a couple spring training games, right? Uh, I think the first one's the twenty second, maybe. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Maybe I think it's 23rd. Saturday, whatever day that is. I don't know. Saturday's tw- no twenty fourth. Saturday. I know it's Saturday. Yeah, we're getting a lot done. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have some stuff to talk Ooh. about. Anyway, this is this is going to start to be uh, a weekly show. So on Sundays, we're going to try to record. I know we said that for this episode, and then we put the episode out on Thursday. So um, we'll try and we'll try and hold <laughs> ourselves to, accountable to yes, that. Bear with but us. yeah, bear with us. But Chandler, obviously, I don't think he sounded that bad, but you guys can tell us if he did. But he will get his mic working. This is uh, definitely. This is pretty good for. I, I thought this went better than expected for a reboot. <laughs> I, I mean, this is pretty pretty decent. I have to I have to run to trivia. So, any other closing comments yes. before we close <laughs> this this reboot out? This is important stuff. I need to Brandon get to. Brandon Lockridge, first ever MLB spring training, friend of the podcast. So, everybody, keep your eyes out. Keep the eyes peeled. Oh, and yeah. one last thing Don't too. Blank. You'll miss him. Don't blink. <laughs> In more ways than one. And Manfred stepping down in 2029 is like the biggest just honey dick I've ever seen in my life. Like I, when I saw that headline, I didn't see the 2029 thing. And I thought he was just stepping down like right now. And So uh, why, why tell us now? Who gives a shit? Like, when his terms up. I don't give a fuck. Let me know when you quit. And then you well, know. I think he just wants us to ease up on him. And I think it's probably going to work because it's like, ah, he's already out the door. Who cares? Don't I can't really wait for yeah, well, five years. It's all right. He's gonna go to every like MLB stadium his last year, and everyone's gonna boo him. Just wait. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna replace him with some other slap dick. They had Bud Selig before that, who was also a fucking cuck. So, anywho, all right, that's gonna close out the first episode of the Boys in One Sixty First Street. Um, <laughs> welcome back, boys. It's gonna be a fun season. Um, we didn't talk even a little bit about how much we've all been cooking. Oh yeah, this. Uh, so one last thing that we'll <laughs> leave you on is this podcast group chat. Obviously, used to be called like something of like, it was like the one sixty one podcast or something like that. It changed to the one sixty one food podcast, and then just the food group chat, and then now it's the. Let me see, what is it actually called? The one sixty one podcast, like reboot, featuring food. I think it Part is two featuring food. So. Question is, That's, is this uh, going to be like an Anchorman 2 podcast or just a dog shit sequel? We'll find out. Anchorman 2 was yeah. a dog shit. Only one way to find out. That's a bad opinion. That's a way, way to be optimistic, Anchorman Murph. 2 is good. Anchorman 2 is good. Yeah. I just couldn't think of a bad I was going to say. Most yeah, Murph, this is like the too. fifth time that you've said that we like we are going to be so bad. Like I, I don't understand what the, uh, the negativity is. So don't be worried about it. Don't be worried about it. it. People listen. Do it and you. if they don't, we get to chat. Do this for you, Murph. I'm doing don't do it for like everybody life. else.
Do it for you. I'm doing it for I'm doing trivia for me. Goodbye, everybody. I'm making it midnight.